Hello, this is Lewis Berman, self-called friend of Sky and Telescope. We're going to do a, I don't know what we'd call it today, maybe a testimonial, guys. Does testimonial sound like a thing? Yeah. 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 Okay. Just a thing. So let me set the stage. One of our favorite magazines, Sky and Telescope, is on the block. Somewhere in May, we'll figure the exact date of it. It is going to be sold. We are fearful justifiably so, that it will be sold in a bankruptcy court to a firm that really doesn't have its best intentions at heart. And so we would like to, as a group, and I'll introduce everyone here, we'd like to introduce ourselves and say why we think Sky and Telescope is so important, so vital, so central to the astronomy community and quite frankly, the American and perhaps even international science community. So I'm joined here by a bunch of people, Abby Hafer, and she's a senior lecturer at Curry College. But more importantly, she's a super, super science-aware, outreach sort of person. Could you, could you tell us what you think about Sky and Telescope? Why should Sky and Telescope live? Well, this country needs good science education and it needs citizen scientists. And the world needs people who understand science and enthusiastic about science. And Sky and Telescope does this. It invites people into the world of science. It explains science and it encourages people to get involved in science. As a science outreach person myself, I know that we need more of this. We need to make sure that Sky Telescope is vibrant and healthy and doing its great work for years to come. You can tell that Abby is an educator and a lecturer and stuff. She sounds so intense, but you know, we love Sky and Telescope and and it's, it, really, it's clearly really true, cool right? stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me the evil eye when I make her say things like that. That's okay. So we're also here with my friend Keith Murdoch. Keith is a rather interesting individual. I'll let him explain himself, but Keith is as I like to say it, one person in 100 billion people who has done something. What have you done that's 100 billion ever in the history of the world? Well, I was part of a team that were the first people to actually visually observe an object called Eris, which many of you know as Planet 10, back when it was a planet. And I was the person who generated the maps and worked with the ephemeris so that we were able to actually locate this object on the Struve telescope in, at McDonald Observatory, which was one of the largest telescopes in the world that you could actually use an eyepiece on. And so while we did not discover Eris, we, myself in particular, were the first person to actually observe photons from Eris with our own naked eye. And I'm this- so jealous it isn't even funny. I was number two, so, you know, a far, far distant number two. It, you know, he's being modest, but he pulled the whole thing together, and it wouldn't have happened without him. Well, what I would like to say, though, is that Sky and Telescope has been inspiring me to be active in the amateur astronomy community for the last 25 years. And I am an amateur astronomy educator. I give lectures to the general public, our club members, and to first-year college students. I want to educate them and inspire them and get them to consider possibly a career in science through astronomy as a touchstone. So Sky and Telescope, I've found, has been understandable, informative, accurate, timely, and entertaining. And so I am trying to inspire 
these students. And Sky and Self inspires me, and I channel their enthusiasm and all the things that I just told you into my lectures, which would be far less interesting and less informative without Sky and Telescope's influence. They are an indispensable part of what I do. Cool. I should mention, of course, that we're in Keith's Kitchen. We're here assembled somewhere in lovely Rockland County, New York. We're here for the Northeast Astronomy Forum, the largest such astronomy event in the world. And we're just a bunch of friends, you know, sitting together talking about why a sky and telescope is so so important. And we wanted to tell you. So we have someone who knows about this a hell of a lot more than us, although he's here in his private capacity. Alan McRobert, a senior editor. Did I have that right? At, at Sky and Telescope. So... It means a lot to you professionally, but I mean, personally, what does it mean to you? I became a science person because of Sky and Telescope. I began subscribing to it when I was 14 years old. No other magazine was like it. It was a big part of me becoming a science-educated citizen and starting from the natural coolness and fun of astronomy, which leads people in. I ended up, because of this, majoring in physics at Cornell. And eventually, I ended up in my dream job, which was an editor of Sky and Telescope, where I've been for the last 35 years. And I've tried in that time to pass to future generations what the magazine did for me. We are a force for knowledge and excitement and wonder and optimism and civilization. (laughs) And in this crucial moment, we need your help. Wow. Force for civilization. You know, it sounds large, but I think it's literally true. So that's totally cool. Were you not at one point on a hilltop in Lebanon or something like that, and you had amateur enthusiasts from all over the world gathered there with you, enthusing about astronomy? This was for the Mars opposition, close opposition of some years ago, where I was on the telephone with my sound being broadcast to thousands of people who were gathered in a hilltop in Lebanon to observe Mars, and I was telling them what it means to be able to see a planet with your own naked eye and understand what you are seeing, how it is possible to learn about the world around us and how it is put together and how it works and how things are to be explained. And this went booming across this huge field in a difficult part of the world, and I hope it sparked some people. That's great. And of course, I remember this. It starts with an ad in Sky and Telescope magazine. I mean, this all goes back to Sky and Tell, right? Yes. I was working as a newspaper editor and reporter Still had been subscribing to Sky and Telescope these many years later and saw a little ad editorial position open. I thought, I've got to apply for this. I'll never get it. Never, but I have to apply for it. I'll never forgive myself if I don't. Wow. And I applied and got it. That is totally cool. So let me tell my Sky and Telescope story. I, I always like to pretend I started in astronomy when I was 12. I, I did get a telescope, one of those spindly, nasty Tascos that, you know— they're bad telescopes. Let's just say that. But they're, <laughs> they, even though it warms the cockles of my heart to talk about it, and I played with it for a few minutes when I was 12, and then I forgot about it. But my dear friend, David Shepard, who is also at Neef, but not with us in the room today, threw a party in some out-of-the-way niche of, I think it was Avenue, Avenue C and 9th Street in New York, a very scary place to go in maybe 1980 or 81. He threw this party, and it was a terrible party. Sorry, David. And, but he had a bedroom. And so I went into his bedroom and there was, lo and behold, Sky and Telescope magazine. And I picked it up and I was totally fascinated. I read it cover to cover. And I I tend to think 
that is when I became an amateur astronomer. And, you know, now, well, holding hand over mouth, of course, I don't want to know, <laughs> you know. Multiple years later. Multiple years later. Yes, I'm an old dude. I am the president of my astronomy club. I've led an expedition to, with Keith Murdoch to look at our, our one-time 10th planet, the planet that helped demote Pluto, sorry, Pluto, to dwarf planet status. I've had a life full of astronomy, and it was literally, I mean, not a little bit, it was literally because Sky and Telescope existed, and David bought it, and it was facing upward on a page with some image, I don't remember the image that caught my eye. So my life would be incredibly, incredibly different if I didn't have Sky and Telescope magazine. And following up on that, I want to tell about the moment where I felt I changed from being a duffer, beginner, amateur (laughs) astronomer to being a serious amateur astronomer. And that was because of a little article in the back of the magazine on observing the variable star RW Tauri, which is an eclipsing binary star. And there was a program of people who observe eclipsing binary stars and time the eclipses because they're not always the same. I had a homemade six-inch reflector at that point. I found the star, and I spent five hours making the most precise possible scientific measurements of its brightness by means of naked-eye comparisons of stars using the best methods that I could conceive of to reduce uncertainties. Made a graph of that, derived the midtime of the eclipse from the graph, and thought, well, what's the uncertainty of this eclipse? There must be, of that time, there must be some way to analyze this. This is what statisticians do. So I should learn something about statistics. Oh, there's uh, something called a chi-squared analysis that actually gives something called uh, one sigma or two sigma levels. Oh, how does that work? And on it went. So Sky and Telescope. We're here to say we love Sky and Telescope. And Sky and Telescope, at this point in time, needs your help, support, awareness. And we still haven't figured out what. We literally have not figured it out. But we wanted to say that Sky and Telescope is important to us. It's been an important part of our lives. And we believe will be an important part of the lives of people throughout America, the subscribers, and anyone else you can think about. Thank you for listening. And we'd love to hear from you, too. What do you think about Sky and Telescope?